Welcome back to Working Out the Inside, the myths, truths, and essential work of psychotherapy. I'm Andrew Nargawala. I've been a psychotherapist for about 16 years. And my hope with this podcast is to demystify, to make understandable some of the core issues in getting help, mental health help, particularly psychotherapy. And um, it's designed for a general audience, not just for clinicians, but especially for people who are either considering treatment or uh, are in treatment but uncertain if it's the right treatment and if it's the most helpful thing for them. And so I also welcome your questions and comments and suggestions for future topics. And uh, today's topic is one of the most common and serious uh, conditions that we treat, which is depression. And let's start with what depression isn't. It's not feeling down or blue uh, for a day or two. Uh, We all are prone to low mood. We all can have bad days. Uh, That's not depression. Depression is a prolonged period of very low mood that can feel overwhelming. It often feels like a painful sadness that that just won't lift, a dark cloud. Sometimes people describe it as a weight. When I was young uh, and first experienced depression, I thought it was a physical pain in my chest. I didn't know what it was. And, and gradually came to understand that, that I was depressed. And there are many kinds of depression, many different types. And the only way to really know what type that you have is over time, uh, working with someone, a psychiatrist, a psychotherapist, um, to discover what the source of the depression is, causes, and the kind of depression. Uh, major depression is the, the type we were talking about just now uh, that can last months, for some people, years. Uh, there's also dysthymia at the other end of the scale. They used to they've changed the name now in the DSM, which is our uh, diagnostic handbook. But dysthymia is uh, a lower level of depression over a long period of time, perhaps a year. Uh, And then you also have more biologically based uh, kinds of depression, bipolar, often known as manic depression, where you can get the high highs. People describe it as uh, they feel uh, enormously powerful, sexual, uh, but uh, can, can get out of control. Uh, where even delusional at times. Uh, it depends. Some people have very mild manic episodes, uh, and some people have quite serious ones. Some people have unipolar depression, meaning they only get the deep lows. And one of the ways that you know or you can start to know that depression is biological is that no matter how good your life may be going at the time, 
you know, you say, well, things are fine. I don't understand. I get these, these terrible uh, long uh, uh, mood swings uh, that, that are very hurtful, very damaging, but they don't seem to correspond to how my life is going. My life is going okay. It's these terrible moods that drag me down. That's one possible indication. And again, you have to work this out with a professional over time to really know. There's bipolar 2, more labile, changeable kind of mood. Those are the quicker, uh, faster mood swings. Uh, and again, sometimes not related. They can be triggered by events, but there's certainly uh, some sort of biological predisposition. And that can be true of any kind of depression. We certainly look for a family history of depression. And if you have a strong family history of depression, you may be more prone to it. But again, you can have depression without a substantial family history because there are psychological reasons uh, and there are biological reasons. Sometimes people just have the psychological reasons. We talked in the first episode of the idea of feeling in control of your own life and feeling a sense of mastery and a sense of competence over uh, not complete control, but uh, some sense of uh, steering the ship uh, where your life is concerned. When you feel uh, extremely out of control, whether consciously or subconsciously, uh, depression certainly can be one of the symptoms of that. Uh, there are other symptoms of depression that don't automatically mean you're depressed, but they often go along with depression. Eating too much or too little, people eat for comfort, try to soothe their depression, their low mood, or they, they just have no appetite, sleep too much, too little, right, can't get out of bed in the morning, uh, or just want to stay in bed all day, uncontrollable crying, despondency, but we have to be careful about these. Um, the most suicidal client I ever had was also the cheeriest. Uh, if I had not been told by the person who referred her, and if that client had not told me uh, herself how seriously depressed she was and how she thought of taking her life virtually every minute, I never would have known. Um, so we can't assume that that usual stereotype of, you know, someone is depressed, meaning they can't get out of bed, they can't function, they can't do anything. Depressed people are often functioning a lot. You know, they're going to work, they're having relationships, they're uh, having children, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of things, but more and more the depression interferes and takes hold, much like with addiction. Many addicts continue to work and carry on until there's, there's an old saying in addiction, work is the last thing to go. Well, you know, you hang on as long as you can, and whether it's work or family or whatever, whatever it is, it just becomes unmanageable. And same for depression. Um, low self-esteem is very highly correlated with depression. Now, 
as I said in the first episode, we're not talking about low self-esteem in a sort of superficial way, the way it's portrayed sometimes in the media. We're talking about profound self-hatred, self-blame, sometimes carrying wounds like trauma, emotional wounds from abuse. And these things can cause people to feel quite powerless, quite out of control. Studies show that depression makes us believe we have fewer choices than we really have. For example, children who believe that their families would be better off if they were dead. Now, no one would agree with that. No one would see that. But when you're depressed, you can start to convince yourself that of things such as, you know, the world would be better off without me. And uh, I have nothing to contribute, nothing to offer. So uh, this kind of feeds on itself like a loop. People just get more and more down on themselves and less and less able to to care for themselves. Uh, Depression has nothing to do with weakness. It's something I still see, and I'm sad to see, that people will say about themselves or about others, you know, just suck it up. Uh, You know, it's not helpful at all to tell someone who's depressed uh, to to just sort of, you know, get a grip. Uh, Depression is a very, very serious condition. It's a very real condition. It's a medical condition. That's why we can diagnose it. Um, And it takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of courage for people to come forward and say, I'm hurting, I'm in pain. I I know a lot of men, for example, uh, who have been told, and women too, that, you know, just, you know, stuff your emotions, real men don't cry, uh, all these stereotypes. And, uh, you know, and then women also are stigmatized as too emotional. Uh, Oh, it's just your hormones. And certainly hormones uh, can play a part in depression. Postpartum depression is extremely serious, and women who suffered it uh, talk about how devastating it can be, and that is a biological condition. But it's very different from saying that, uh, you know, people somehow are just, uh, uh, you know, faking it or weak or whatever. No, most people who are depressed do not want to be depressed they are suffering profoundly, they often don't know how to get help, or they don't recognize that they're depressed. Many clients have come in and said, I don't think I'm depressed, and then a few weeks later say, no, I I really am depressed, because they start to recognize the symptoms. And as we said in the, the first episode, it's like chronic pain. People get used to it so much that they almost don't notice it or just take it for granted. Like, that's just how I feel. I've always had this emotional pain. And um, with the help of professionals, you can recognize what is, you know, a sort of down period, low mood versus true depression uh, and get help from there. Uh, The gold standard of treating depression is the combination of psychotherapy and medication. Now, can you do psychotherapy alone and treat depression? Yes, it's possible. 
But uh, for severe cases, oftentimes medication is needed because, uh, to use the analogy, uh, you can do surgery without anesthesia, but wouldn't advise it. The medication doesn't cure depression. Uh, maybe the closest we come is something like uh, lithium for bipolar, where um, it has a, a very profound effect on the high and low moods. But still, most times, it, people just taking medication can be on medication for years and not really progress because the core aspects of their depression, the trauma, the wounding, the low self-esteem, uh, the bad relationships, whatever, whatever the things are, the guilt, the shame that people carry with them often unnecessarily, never get addressed. They just get sort of tamped down with the medication. So um, I would certainly recommend uh, the combination of uh, psychotherapy and medication. And any good clinic, uh, if they're medicating someone, they'll require them to be in therapy too uh, and, and not just sort of, you know, hand out the medication. I will say this, you know, many times people raise concerns and say, well, uh, medication has side effects, uh, it, it has risks, absolutely, I, I would never disagree. But depression has many side effects and risks too. Heart patients are now routinely screened for depression. We see that combination, that interaction, that synergy between the mind and body. And, you know, which came first in any particular person? Uh, who knows, right? But um, definitely uh, depression can have very serious physical effects, uh, a wearing down uh, on the immune system, uh, and as we mentioned, the heart, other, other organs. So while I, I would never minimize any risk, and it's important to discuss those risks with a psychiatrist, uh, there is a risk to going untreated as well. Uh, and I've seen the effect that good medication can have. Uh, it, it can be quite, uh, you know, quite wonderful uh, that people who did not think there was any way for them to feel better do feel better. When you see medication not working, it's often because there's no follow-up. Um, you know, someone takes something, it makes them feel numb, but they figure, well, I guess that's how I'm supposed to feel. Studies show that the best way to find the right medication is to try one and then try another if that has side effects or doesn't work. Much like you would do with antibiotics or anything else. You would say, well, if one doesn't work, I'm going to try another one because I need to get rid of this infection. And you know, if you're feeling numb, if you're feeling negative effects from the medication, absolutely tell the psychiatrist and say, look, um, you know, we need to try something else. There's no reason that you should additionally suffer on the medication. And that's where that good communication, not only between you and the psychiatrist, but between the psychiatrist 
and the therapist. When we refer someone to a psychiatrist in our practice, and a psychiatrist is a medical doctor who's able to prescribe, uh, we always refer someone uh, to a person we have experience with that will talk to us, that will update us, and we will update them after the patient signs a release, of course. And so that there's, there's a good sense of working together like a team. Uh, you need that personal and professional team to tackle something like depression. You need the support of your friends and family. No one should have to go this alone. But you also need a professional support system as well. Um, one of the things that um, also correlates very strongly with depression is isolation. does not mean that there's no one around. You can be isolated in a big city. It means that you're not making healthy connections with the people around you. So it could be because there's beliefs you have about yourself that hold you back. It could be that you're in an abusive relationship where someone is treating you horribly. Uh, but isolation uh, certainly uh, correlates with depression. Trauma, wounding, things like sexual abuse, having been victimized, uh, crime victims, uh, soldiers in war, uh, people with severe emotional wounds, severe loss, often can be depressed. And there is a distinction between loss and depression. It's normal for us to feel down and blue when we lose someone, especially someone close to us. But if that continues to grow and deepen and doesn't lift, then it could be a sign that it's turning into depression. Again, it's something to be checked down. Uh, now, therapy attacks these negative beliefs and thought patterns and recognizes and strengthens the positive aspects of the patient. So if you imagine working in that dual way where each week we're looking at what kinds of things have you been telling yourself what kinds of lies have you been telling yourself, like that you have no worth, that, well, maybe one day you'll, you'll change and get help or get out of that bad relationship or whatever, but not, you don't have time now. Um, and it also looks at the very positive things that when you're depressed, when you're down, you often overlook and don't give yourself credit for. Many times, there, there's people and things in one's life that are healthy and good that people are not seeing, and we help to change that perspective. Changing perspective is one of the most important ways that therapy works in any situation. Because a lot of times, the client's material life doesn't change that much. They may get a better job. They may you know, get a degree, whatever. But the essential parts of their life are pretty much the same. What changes is the perspective and what things they need to change in terms of relationships or things that are hurting them or a, a, a job that is a dead end or whatever. Then they, they do make those changes. So I'm not saying that external changes have no place. They definitely do. 
But many times, even when people make those changes, they still feel down. They still feel bad. They can't enjoy those things. Uh, a lot of the work is on changing that self-perception and perception of others around us. Uh, many times people are self-medicating when they come to us. Uh, they're using drugs, alcohol, sometimes prescription drugs, sometimes not. Alcohol, as we'll talk about in future episodes, is a very dangerous drug, obviously used in moderation properly, it's healthy, it's fine. But uh, when you're depressed, alcohol itself is a depressant. So if you're drinking more than a drink or two, you're adding to your depression. And a lot of times, you know, people are covering up their emotions with alcohol or drugs. So we can't get at how they really feel. One things, thing patients often describe when they're in drug treatment and they're finally clean and sober as they start to feel their own feelings again. It's kind of overwhelming. So we, that's another issue we look at. Is the person using uh, drugs or alcohol in an unhealthy way? And um, can we find them some treatment for that? Because uh, if that's not treated, it's very hard to treat the underlying uh, depression. So I want to emphasize very much as we end today, and I, I so appreciate you listening and uh, being with me today, and I hope you will comment and um, let me know what you think and let me know what you'd like to hear us talk about in the future. I want to emphasize most of all that depression is treatable. I, I know that Sometimes that is a hard road. I've been depressed myself. I know what that pain feels like and how overwhelming it can feel. Uh, there are many options, as we said, individual therapy, medication. There's group therapy also, meeting with others who share a common aspect, such as trauma, abuse, substance abuse, things like that. But Remember, it's nothing to do with weakness. Uh, it is nothing to do with, uh, you know, just sucking it up, getting a grip. Do not believe these things that you're told. You deserve help. Much as if someone were bleeding or had a broken bone, we wouldn't think twice about saying, you know, absolutely, you need help immediately. Uh, Mental issues, psychological issues, emotional issues can be just as, if not more, painful. So please, you know, whether it's reaching out to our practice or to any professional, mental health professional, please do get that help. And um, I hope that this has been some clarification and some encouragement. And we will talk about more about the, the things we've raised in a very general sense today, like addiction, in future episodes. Thanks so much.